2: And now, Mystery Theater. Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Curator, as it were, of this Museum of the Macabre. What is a witness? Literally, a witness is one who has seen, therefore, one who knows. And therein, of course, lies the difficulty. If our knowledge is based on what we have seen, how well may we trust the evidence of our eyes? This is a problem that confronts all of us every day. Reasonable people may solve it peaceably, quarrelsome folk may settle it violently, and then we have those particular situations that seem to have no solution at all. Junior, you've got to help me
3: out.
4: Sure. Who is it this time?
3: Mr. Hoffman. You've got to take care of
4: him. But I already took care of him. Mr. Hoffman's dead.
3: I can't believe you go back on your promise.
4: Hoffman was buried a month ago.
3: He's back in the store.
4: But the store's been closed, shut down.
3: He's there now. He can't be. He's waiting on customers.
4: No, it's hard to believe this, Mr. Gearhart. I'm
3: telling you what I saw, what's happening.
4: Now will you believe me
3: and take care of him?
4: Yes, sir. The customer's always right. <laughs>
2: Our mystery drama, The Final Witness, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Lou Jacoby. For many of us, life follows familiar, even routine pathways. Occasionally, we may be temporarily dislocated by a war or some natural or man-made disaster. But all in all, life takes on the rhythm and tempo of the oceans. After the most violent storm, the sea becomes quiet and the air is calm. The key word for so many of us is predictable. There is no ecstasy but merely amusement and no tragedy, just irritation. Meet the Gearharts, a married couple approaching middle age. Oliver and Cassandra Gearhart. It is after dinner, or as they would call it, supper. They are sitting in their living room.
5: Ollie, will you turn that stupid thing down?
3: It's a good picture, about World War II.
5: How would you know?
3: It's the third time I've seen it.
5: I said turn it down. you got a kid that's trying to sleep.
3: Right away, this guy's going to step on a landmine. Watch how they blow him up.
5: I need a quart of milk.
3: Here it comes now.
5: Kapow! Uh,
3: hey. What did you turn it off for?
5: You had your big moment? Go get the milk.
3: Whatever you say, Cassandra.
5: And don't call me Cassandra, either.
3: What a couple of names we got. Oliver, Cassandra.
5: Just go down for the milk, huh?
3: I hate it when people call me Ollie. On the other hand, you want to be called Cassie.
5: Go down to South Maine where they got a milk machine.
3: But Hoffman is closer.
5: Hoffman charges a nickel more.
3: Is a nickel going to break us?
5: A nickel here, a nickel there. Anyhow, you go to Hoffman's, you hang around for hours and chew the fat.
3: Mr. Hoffman is an intelligent man.
5: He's a funny duck. Besides, he's a foreigner.
3: Everybody in this country is a foreigner. Except maybe the Indians.
5: You know what I mean by a foreigner. Go get the milk.
3: Okay, Cassandra.
5: And don't
6: call me Cassandra. (laughs) Cassandra. Mr. Gerhardt, Mr. Oliver Gerhardt. Good evening. How you doing, Mr. Hoffman? Well, let us examine the situation. I'm drinking a glass of wine, I'm listening to a Mozart concerto, and a good friend has just entered my establishment. Could a king be more happily occupied? Let's see. What did I come in for? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Only barbarians rush headlong into their business transactions. First, I must pour you a glass of wine, and we shall consider... Excuse me, my friend, while I turn to this gentleman. Yes, sir, may I uh, do something for you? Can you do something for me? Yes, sir. What may I do for you?
4: I heard you the first time, Pop. Now, what you and this other clown here can do for me is to put up your hands.
6: It's...
4: it's a stick-up. You are a very bright person. Now, shut up.
6: Uh, Young man, that that revolver, uh, please, it isn't at all necessary. Here, I'll open the cash register. See? And you just... Help yourself. You shut up. Here, take the money. I said
4: shut up. D- don't be nervous. I want to be nervous. I'll be nervous if I want to be. I'll be whatever I want to be. Just
6: take the money. You don't have to kill anybody. I want to kill somebody.
4: I will kill somebody. I can do whatever I want to do. You know why?
6: Please, young man, no, you listen. shut up.
4: I'm talking. Never interrupt me when I'm talking. I'm the boss. What I say goes. I can do whatever I want because I'm holding this. And you know what this is? It's... Yeah, don't interrupt me. It's a Sanford Valentine special forty-five caliber revolver. Son, you can Don't have Don't interrupt of... me again. I'm the boss. Now, look at me, the two of you. You know who I am? I'm God, And right now, I can strike you dead. Here, here, here's the money. I told you not to interrupt. You will never interrupt me again. Never. Ah! Never. Oh, ah! Never. Ah! Ah!
5: I told you. I told you told you, don't go to Hoffman's. But no, don't listen to me.
3: I'll never understand why I wasn't killed.
5: Why did you have to go to Hoffman's?
3: This guy, he just kept shooting, you know, like you see in the movies. Well, I don't know if he was aiming at me or not. But poor old Mr. Hoffman. He's dead.
5: I kept telling you not to go.
3: The cops come in. This detective says to me, can you describe him, Mr. Gerhardt?
5: Well, did you? Well,
3: sure, to That's... a T.
5: Well, that was smart. That was brilliant. If there's a stupid thing that needs doing, you can always be trusted to do it.
3: What did I do that was stupid? You
5: shut your mouth off.
3: All I did was describe the guy. All
5: you did was stick your neck out.
3: I was there. I saw the guy. Am I supposed to say I don't remember what he looked like?
5: Yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. How can I say that? You were scared to death. You were in a state of shock. The whole thing, it's gone from your mind.
3: What's the matter with you, Cassandra?
5: What's the matter with you? You got a wife, a family, and this killer's friends. Maybe they won't like the idea that you want to identify him. Do I have to spell it out?
3: I, well...
5: Something's not your business. You don't get involved.
3: What kind of a country would it be if everybody was like you?
5: If everybody minded their business like me, we'd be a lot better off.
4: Uh, Mr. Gerhardt. I'm Edward Spurlock, the district attorney. Yes, sir, Mr. Spurlock. Thank you for your excellent description of the killer. Well, uh, about that... In my 20 years, I have never seen a more accurate, a more detailed delineation. Yeah? Have you ever had any police training? Well, uh, no, sir. There are veteran police officers for whom attention to detail is a profession who couldn't match your account of the gunman. Is that so? Yes, your description is almost scientific in its precision. I shouldn't be surprised if it's used as a model in training courses. Well, I... Well, thanks to you, we had no trouble running down the killer. You got him already? With your kind of description. Now, look through the window. It's one-way glass. You can see into the next room, but the people in there can't see you. I know. I saw this exact setup in the movies. Well, we try to follow them in every detail. Now, uh, those four men standing on the platform... Oh, Yeah. That's the lineup. Is one of them the gunman? Is one of them the guy? No, sir. He isn't there. Uh, Berrigan, get rid of the one on the left. Bring in Ellsworth. Now, Mr. Gerhardt, you remember your description?
3: Oh, yeah. He was six feet tall. He was thin, with a kind of a pot belly. Brown sport jacket with white flecks. Light yellow turtleneck shirt. Tanned pants, brown cowboy boots, red hair, high forehead like he's getting bald, blue eyes, the right one had a kind of a cast in it, tattoo on the back of his left hand, the one that held the gun, a bright
4: red heart with three drops of blood. And the word mama in blue letters. Any wonder that description's the talk of the department? Well, I I
3: was standing right next
4: to him. The whole thing hardly lasted a minute. Well, it may have been a minute, but it felt like an hour. Now, now, Mr. Gerhardt, look at the young fellow who was just brought in.
3: The last one on the left. Hmm. Yeah,
4: he's the guy. You sure? Definitely. You got him. You'll testify to that effect in court? Yes, sir. I assure you we'll extend the fullest protection to you and your family protection? What do you mean? Well, just in case.
3: In case what?
4: The man's name is Woodrow Ellsworth, Jr. He's one of Mama Ellsworth's boys. Uh, literally. He's her son. Mama Ellsworth? Yes. Mama is the leader of a little group that specializes in confidence games. You mean a mom? Oh, no, no. They, they're careful to avoid violence. What the kid did was crazy, it has nothing to do with her operation. I tell you this because you have a right to know. A uh, gang leader? No, no, nothing like that. They just work swindles. Now, what you must remember is that you, your magnificent description, forms the cornerstone of our case. Why, without you... Well, now, uh... Now, can we depend on you to testify? To do your duty as a citizen? Well... Sure! Sure! You can depend
3: on me. It's my duty as a citizen, Cassandra.
5: How about your duty as a husband and a father?
3: Hey, it's almost time for the 11 o'clock news.
5: Who cares?
3: I'm on it. Can you imagine? Me on the news. They come by the shop lunch hour to tape it. You should have seen everybody. I mean, even Mr. Perkins. He was impressed.
5: Oh, sure.
3: For the first time in my life, I felt I was somebody.
5: Oliver, if Hoffman was someone we knew, like a friend of ours.
3: I knew him. He was a friend of mine. He
5: was such a weird guy. What
3: do you mean weird?
5: He had crazy ideas. He talked like a nut. And another thing. You ever ask yourself, what was he doing around here?
3: He was running a grocery store.
5: A guy like him? Well, what do you want to run a grocery store for? I never trusted him.
3: What does this have to do
5: with my... Ollie, people like us, we can't afford to get involved.
3: But I told the cops and everybody, what'll people think of me?
5: Like they say in the movies, you want to know the bottom line? Okay, the bottom line. You identified this guy at the trial. A couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe a year later, they find your body in some alley. Or maybe in the trunk of a car.
3: Don't Dr. not
5: Call me Cassandra. You mean it don't happen? And it'll be in the papers. And everybody will say, oh, yeah, that's Oliver Gerhardt, who testified at that murder trial. What a jerk. He should have kept his mouth shut.
3: You mean it's right for a guy to come in and just murder Mr. Hoffman?
5: I don't say it's right.
3: You got to admit, it's wrong.
5: What it comes down to, Ollie, is right or wrong. We can't afford to get involved. (laughs)
1: Rocky, what a pleasant surprise.
0: My boss sent me over, Mama. Professional courtesy.
1: Oh, well, I'm deeply touched, Rocky. Uh,
0: my boss wants to know if there's anything he can do for you in this hour of your, uh... What, do you, what was the word he used? Uh... A
1: tribulation?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a good one, though. My boss is very unhappy about your son, Junior.
1: Oh, yes. I was afraid it might come to something like this. And I tried so hard to raise him properly. Your
0: kids today... There's not a thing you can do with them. Yeah. You're telling me. The truth is, your outfit ain't geared for conditions like these. I mean, you ain't got a halfway decent button man in your whole entire organization.
1: That's true. But uh, we specialize in uh, other aspects.
0: Yeah, my boss understands. Uh, This witness that DA's got, this clown, uh, Oliver Gearhart, he don't have to be no problem at all. He can disappear.
1: Oh, Rocky. Well, thank your boss for me. Well,
0: off the record, it ain't just a favor for you. This could make pigeons everywhere think before they sing. That The boss used a, a great word he said would be... Uh,
1: therapeutic?
0: Yeah, something like that. Uh huh. All you gotta do is give a nod.
1: <laughs> well, you tell that dear, kind man I'm eternally in his debt. And I may accept his offer, but... Only as a last
0: resort. Well, there ain't no last resort. How are you going to keep this fink from getting on the stand?
1: Oh, but I want him to get on that stand, Rocky.
0: Mama, he gets on that stand and Junior's lost forever.
1: No. No, if Mr. Oliver Gerhardt gets on that stand in the proper manner, Junior is saved forever.
2: We live in a world of changing concepts. Even the last bastion is crumbling. Motherhood. Mama is breaking out all over, out of the kitchen, away from the apple pie. But this is neither new nor unique. After all, mamas used to rule mighty tribes and conquering confederations of warriors. Are we approaching new dimensions of motherhood? Just you listen to Mama in action when I return with Act Two. It isn't easy. It was never easy to be a witness for the truth. As a group, people who bore such witness found their reward in personal satisfaction because other rewards have traditionally been quite scanty, to say the least. Indeed, speaking out for the truth can be one of the most hazardous and least remunerative of all occupations. However, from time to time, Fate points the finger, and the selection or the election to witness can happen to anyone at all, even to Oliver Gearhart.
1: Oh, excuse me, sir. Do you mind if I share your table?
2: Help yourself.
1: (laughs) I had no idea this cafeteria would be so crowded.
3: Well, it's lunch hour. If it ain't going to be crowded now, when is the guy going to do business?
1: Oh, that's a very sage observation. But then again, your powers of observation are legendary, Mr. Gearhart.
3: How do you know my name?
1: Oh, I recognize you. I've seen you on the news. Oh? You, sir, have become a celebrity.
3: Well, I wouldn't go so far as to... Actually,
1: you've become a household name.
3: No, I wouldn't say that. Well, you
1: are in our household. Oh, sorry, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Esmeralda Ellsworth. Ellsworth? They call me Mama. I don't know why do I impress you as the maternal type.
3: You mean you're Mama Ellsworth? You're the mother of that... That killer? Oh,
1: killer is a harsh word. What do you want? Just an opportunity to chat.
3: About about what?
1: About my son. My wayward boy. Oh, you simply don't know how much trouble I've had with him. And now this.
3: He's, he's a maniac. He's a menace to society. What do you want from me? I already gave the cops the description.
1: Well, when an unfortunate event occurs, we cannot undo what has happened but... What we can do is make the very best of it. Now, Woodrow Ellsworth, Jr. did murder a Mr. Ference Hoffman. You admit it. My dear Oliver, would I insult your intelligence? We know who Woodrow Ellsworth, Jr. is, but who is uh, Ferrens Hoffman?
3: Don't you knock Mr. Hoffman. I mean, he might have been a foreigner and all that, but he was my friend.
1: Yes, and as his friend, you have a responsibility to him.
3: Oh, well. Then what are you trying to Mr. do? Mr.
1: Hoffman... There were many things about him that you may have been unaware of.
3: Look, nothing you can say about old Mr. Hoffman could justify... Mr.
1: Hoffman was a a saint. A great-hearted man whose life was dedicated to helping others. Now, like many people of his kind, he died penniless. His widow will try to support herself and an invalid daughter on a meager social security pension. Now, doesn't Mr. Hoffman deserve better?
3: Well, sure, but... Now,
1: probing further into the affairs of our good Mr. Hoffman... Did you know that he was practically in the terminal stages of an incurable disease? What are you saying? At most, he had three or four months to live. Now, suppose my son had not shot him.
3: Look, you're going too fast for me. Life
1: is going too fast for you, Oliver. You must catch up with it. Now, had death claimed him due to natural causes... His unfortunate family would be forced to exist in penury.
3: I never knew he had a family.
1: Instead, my poor boy, Junior, can now literally become their savior.
3: I don't follow you.
1: Well, I would be willing to, to compensate for Junior's rash action. I would guarantee the Hoffman family a comfortable monthly income.
3: What's, what's the catch? Oh,
1: no catch. A condition. Yeah? I would expect you to... Forget the description of the gunman at the trial.
3: Oh, I got well, it. you
1: would be doing this as a favor to your dear departed friend. A favor?
3: I do him a favor when I don't describe the killer? A
1: favor by achieving what would be precious to him above all else, the security of his family. Now, Oliver, once we probe beneath the surface of any action, we begin to learn that things are not at all what they seem. Well, yes, on the face of it, are a senseless, brutal killing, but who died... A man whose life would have died in the midst of horrible suffering. Perhaps what Junior did may have been for the best after all.
3: But but Mr. Hoffman, he didn't want to die.
1: Who does? Oliver. She forgives him. She forgives Junior. Who? Mrs. Hoffman. I've spoken to her. She says there has been misery enough.
3: Hmm? Well, what do you want me to do?
1: But before you do anything, just...
5: Talk to Mrs. Hoffman.
1: Yes. Yes, Berend spoke of you. He would say that Ollie Gerhardt, there, there was a human being.
5: He,
3: he was a great man, Mrs. Hoffman.
1: My husband's life was a tragedy. It is fitting his death should be tragic, too. Uh, i forgive the boy we are commanded to forgive yeah but i i have a daughter my poor magda so ill she needs so much help and the lawyer looked at the paper mrs ellsworth wants me to sign it it is so generous
3: well look i feel pretty bad I gave my promise to the DA.
1: Oh, it is so painful for all of us. We must not delve further. If I can forgive him for taking Ference's life, can you not also forgive him for sparing yours?
3: Look, I'll go to the DA. I'll tell him. I might have made a
4: mistake.
1: No. But I thought you... No, no, you must not tell anyone... Not until the district attorney places you on the stand and asks you directly.
4: Now, uh, Mr. Gerhardt, at approximately 10 p.m. on the night of January 3rd this year, you were in Mr. Hoffman's grocery store? I, uh, was. The door opened, a man entered he held a forty-five caliber Sanford Valentine special revolver with which he shot Mr. Hoffman dead. Is that what happened? Yes. Now that man, that man who wantonly killed poor Mr. Hoffman, did you see him? Yes. You got a good detailed look? Yes. You could identify that man if you saw him again? Yes. Beyond all shadow of a doubt? Yes. The defendant in this trial, who was sitting at the table... Is he that man? No. Mr. Gerhardt. No. But you positively identified that I I, ma- I...
3: I... I was wrong. I made a mistake.
5: Oliver, I gotta talk to you. Where's the money? What money? The money you took to forget what the killer looked like. What are you saying? I'm only saying what everybody else is saying. Yeah, that's what everybody keeps saying, all right, but... By what? It ain't true. You had the identification down cold. What made you change your mind? Oliver, you were paid off. How much did you get?
3: I didn't get anything.
5: Do you expect me to believe that? Yes. Then you're a fool.
3: You're the one. You're the one who kept saying, don't get involved, don't identify him, think of the safety of your family.
5: You also had a duty as a citizen. Ah,
3: uh, Now you're hopping on that bandwagon.
5: What bandwagon? Before
3: the trial, you were saying to me, Ollie, you're crazy. They're going to fish your carcass out of the river. What are you getting mixed up in it for? Okay, so I backed off. And now everybody said, on account of guys like you, crime's going to take over the country. How much should they pay you to keep your mouth shut?
5: That's what I want to know. How much?
3: Nothing. I told you. Nothing.
5: Then why did you do it?
3: Okay. Okay. Somebody has to believe me. Somebody should know why I did it. And it wasn't for any money.
5: What was it for?
3: Come on. I'll show you. Here's why I did it. For a poor old lady and a crippled kid. Here's the address. It's just a little two room cold water flat right on the ground floor. I want you to meet them.
5: Nobody home.
3: There has to be somebody home.
5: The kid is sick.
3: She can't move. The door's open. I hope nothing's wrong. Mrs. Hoffman? Mrs. Hoffman?
5: There's nobody here.
3: Maybe they had to go out for something.
5: I mean, there's nobody here. Nobody lives here anymore. But
3: I was here the other day just before I had to go on the stand. There's
5: no furniture. This place is empty.
3: Mrs. Hoffman? Mrs.
5: Hoffman? What kind of trick are you trying to pull on me, Oliver? But I tell
3: you, this is the place. Apartment 1B, 4800 South Jefferson. Mrs. Hoffman!
5: Ollie, there is no Mrs. Hoffman, so save your breath. Now, how about the money? I tell you there is no money.
1: Mr. Gerhardt, so kind of you to come calling.
3: Listen, Mrs. Ellsworth. Everybody thinks I took money to to forget what the killer looked like. Oh.
1: Regrettable that people should always imply sinister motives to generous actions.
3: I was worried about Mrs. Hoffman. I went there with my wife, and the place was empty. Oh? I went back again later, and I spoke to the janitor, and he said, he said no such person ever lived there with a crippled daughter, and that some lady had rented the place, gave him a month's rent, moved in and out in one day. He couldn't understand
1: it. (laughs) Well, Oliver, what can I tell you?
3: You tricked me. There is no Mrs. Hoffman.
1: There will always be a Mrs. Hoffman. She will live forever in our imagination, yours and mine.
3: What's going to become of me? Like I say, everybody thinks I got paid off.
1: Oh, it will all blow over. Tomorrow another crime will take center stage. Hey,
4: Mama, you said I could buy a oh, new Junior, car. Oh, Junior,
1: say hello to an old friend, Mr. Gerhardt. Oh,
4: yeah. Hey, Mr. Gerhardt, you're a terrific guy. Wow. You did a job on that D.A. in the courtroom. You, you killed him. I couldn't have killed him deader with a gun. And
1: Mr. Gerhardt is leaving. Oh,
4: yeah? Well, look, Mr. Gerhardt. Come around, huh? time you need something done, like a guy gives you a flat...
1: Uh, goodbye, Mr. Gerhardt. And don't do anything rash. Just... just think about it, huh? You owe me quite a bit. For what? For the lesson. After all, you may be sadder, but just think... You are so much wiser.
2: Sadder, but wiser. A pity that many of us must know sadness... before we may acquire wisdom. I wish I could say that we have seen the end... of poor Oliver Gerhardt's troubles. However, I am compelled to report... that they have scarcely begun... as you will see when I return shortly... with Act Three. if the road to hell is paved as they say with good intentions then much of the concrete for that highway has certainly been poured by our friend oliver gerhardt a brutal killer has gone free cleared forever of a vicious wanton murder simply because of oliver's refusal to identify him but oliver was convinced he was performing a noble act however A cynical world has other ideas, including Oliver's loving wife. Who is she? Who's who?
5: The other woman.
2: What other woman?
5: The one you're going to run away with. What
3: are you saying?
5: I figure you have to be planning on running away because you haven't asked me for a divorce. What
3: are you talking about?
5: That's what you're going to use the money for. Another woman. There ain't no other woman. Don't lie. You never thought of running off with another woman. Sure I thought about it. And you admit it.
3: Every man thinks about it. That don't mean I got one.
5: If you're thinking about it, then you're holding on to the money until you find one to run away with.
3: Ah, I give up. I
5: quit. Ollie, I'm entitled to some of that money. I mean, look, you were all ready to be a hero. I'm the one who made you think twice, wasn't I? I'm the one who made you see the light.
3: Won't you even try to understand something?
5: Besides, I'm your wife. There's no money. I'm warning you, Ollie. You're not going to pull a fast one on me. Hey, where are you going?
6: Out. Good evening, Mr. Gerhardt. Good evening, Mr. Gerhardt. No,
3: it it ain't you.
6: Good evening, it, Mr. Can't be
3: you. You're you're dead. You're dead, Mr. Hoffman. Aren't we
6: still friends, Mr. Gerhardt? I gotta be seeing things. It's been weeks since you've come into the store. I've been wondering, have I done anything to displease you, Mr. Hoffman? You, you, you're supposed to be dead. So tonight, I decided to stand outside the store and watch to see. Perhaps if you'd pass by on the street. The store. It ain't dark. It's open. It's light. The store. Won't you come inside, Mr. Gerhardt? I have a special wine. Rich, sweet. The kind you like. And I'm standing
3: here and I'm talking to you. Of course. And your store is open like always. Like always. Don't move. Stay where you are. Just wait there. Just stay there. I'll be right back.
5: What do you mean, dragging me out on the street this hour of the night?
3: I saw him.
5: Oh, sure. I saw
3: him. I spoke to him.
5: Like you saw and spoke to his wife.
3: I'm not crazy. And I wasn't dreaming. He was in the front of a store. The place was open for business.
5: The man is dead.
3: See for yourself. It's just around the corner, and that'll prove... Prove
5: what? So?
3: But he was standing here just a couple of minutes ago. Uh-huh. And the store, the lights, the lights were on. Sure. Believe me, you've got to
6: believe me.
5: I believe what I see, and what do I see? I see an empty store. Been that way for weeks. There's a lock on the door. The, the windows are smeared with grime, dirty. I can look inside. In the counter, nothing on the shelves. No, Ollie, there is nothing. The but. The The only way it makes sense is you're sitting on a nice pile of money. For the millionth time, there is no money. As I was saying, you're sitting on a nice bundle. You want to ditch me. You figure if you can get me to nuts, I'll work on you. Will you listen? No. You've been building it up first, Mrs. Hoffman. And now, Mr. Hoffman... But, Ollie, none of it can work. I'm not letting you off the hook. I'm your wife, and I'm entitled to some of that money.
3: Ollie? What? The phone. The phone?
5: Can't you hear the phone? Who would be calling me at this hour of the night? you better answer it. Hello? Yeah?
6: Good evening. This is... No. Well, I'm sorry if I'm calling so late, but you must forgive me. I'm an old man and very lonely, and I do miss our interesting talks.
5: Who is it?
3: It's him. It's Hoffman.
6: You're crazy.
3: It's Hoffman. It's you, Mr. Hoffman, ain't it?
6: But of course. Who else would it be?
3: Get me off the hook, will you? Tell my wife. Tell her. Here, Cassandra. You talk to him.
5: Hello? Hello? There's no one there.
3: I just spoke to him.
5: There's no one on the phone. Now look,
3: I know what I heard. I
5: know what I heard, too. I heard nothing. I ain't crazy. It won't work. I mean, you get somebody to ring the number 3, 4 o'clock in the morning so you can answer it and put on this act. It's not an act. Who'd you get to dial the number, your girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. Ollie, wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with me. I mean, you were never like this about money before. The only thing I can figure is, it's so much money, it must have turned your head.
6: But, ah, what's the use? Hello, Mr. Gerhardt. What's that? I said, hello, Mr. Gerhardt. You? Huh. How did you get in here? You really don't know a man until you see him engaged in his profession, don't you think? Look,
3: nobody's supposed to be in here unless he's authorized personnel.
6: You're a machinist, a skilled craftsman. Mr. Hoffman, are you standing here? You see me, you speak to me. But why? You're supposed to be dead. What does that mean? All it means is that other people cannot see me. But why do you come around to me? I like you. I miss our talks. You never come around in the evening anymore. How can I when you're. I'm open. I keep the store open late, as usual. Promise me you'll come to see me. Tonight? I. I do miss our little talks. Promise.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> Cash again tonight.
5: You know what prices are today.
3: Look, I need my strength.
5: We could have steak every day, even three times a day. If you gave me some of that money, you got stashed someplace.
3: Oh, so that's how you're going to play it. You're going to starve me. I'm wise to your little game.
5: I'm wise to your little game, too. You know who called today? The foreman in the shop. Listen, Miss Gerhardt, maybe you better take Ollie to see a doctor. Something's wrong with him. This afternoon he shut down his machine and just stood talking for ten minutes to a little man who wasn't there. Your game, Ollie. You're trying to get everybody to think you're nuts, so maybe I'll believe it too. Uh uh-uh. uh.
3: I was talking to. Yeah? I'm tired. I gotta go to bed.
5: It's the door. Somebody's at the door.
4: Huh? Huh?
5: I said somebody's at the door, and it's after midnight. Who is it this time?
6: We'll go see.
3: Okay, okay.
6: Good evening, Mr. Gerhardt. It's you. You didn't come by this evening. I thought Perhaps something might be wrong. Will you let me alone? We used to be such good friends. What happened? Is this how you're getting back at me? Back at you? For what? For what
3: I did at the trial. Is this what you're going to do to me? Drive me out of my mind?
6: I don't understand. All I want to be is your friend.
3: Hey. Why did you slam the door for?
6: Why did
5: you think I did? I can't let you stand there talking into an empty hallway. What do you want the neighbors to think?
3: But he was... Hoffman was...
5: Okay, right here. Cut the act. Put a stop to it. You hear?
3: Yeah. I'll put a stop to it. I know just how I can put a stop to it.
4: Hello, Junior. Hey, hey, it's Mr. Gerhardt. My best buddy in all our whole wide world. Have a drink. No, no. I better not.
3: And you better not, either. No, why? Remember, Junior, you said if I ever
4: needed anything done, if some guy was giving me the flat... You mean you want me to take care of a guy for you? Uh, Mr. Gerhardt, Mr. Gerhardt, any time, any place, anybody.
3: Do you remember where Mr. Hoffman's grocery is? Sure. Can you meet me in front of the place in exactly one half hour from now?
4: Mr. Gerhardt? you got yourself a deal. Now, what do you want me to use? I got the 45 and I got a 357 or a special 38. Use whatever comes natural. I guess.
6: Hello.
3: Is this the district attorney?
4: Yes, this is Mr. Spurlock. Who are you?
3: I want to report there's going to be a murder at exactly 10.30.
4: Wait, wait, you, uh, you sound familiar.
3: And this time you can get him. Get who? The killer. You be at 899 South Adams at exactly 1030.
4: Hello, Junior. Hey, Mr. Gerhardt. Here I am, right on time. Uh, who do I knock off? Mr. Hoffman. Miss, Mr. Hoffman? But I, I already... Kno- I know. But could you do it again? Look, Mr. Gerhard. See can...
3: him? He's in the store. Which store? Right here. His grocery store. Don't you see him? He's standing there behind the counter.
4: But the store is it it's dark, empty. There ain't nobody standing there.
3: Sure. There he is. See? He's waving at us. Shoot him. What's it? you What's promised it? me you'd take care
4: of Yeah, but listen shoot Mr. him! Mr. He's yeah.
3: driving me out of my mind. Shoot him! You don't even have to go inside. Just shoot through the window. See him? Yeah. Now, he's standing in the doorway, right in front of you. Shoot him.
4: Okay, it's your party. You got him. You got him. Hey, why is it the cops? All right, what's going on?
3: Over here, the killer.
4: He's over here. Mister Gerhardt, you're you're setting me up. Why you? I'll kill you. (coughs) Hold fire! Hold Hold, hold it! He can't go (laughs) any place. Mister (coughs) Gerhardt. Mister Gerhardt. He he killed
3: Mr. Hoffman. You saw it happen yourself. Mr. Hoffman was standing in the doorway and you saw how he just shot Mr. Hoffman. Now you got him. You got him. Haven't you?
4: Yes. Yes, Mr. Gerhardt, we... We got him.
2: Finally. Yes, they had him. Not for the murder of Mr. Hoffman, but for the murder of Oliver Gerhardt. And there was a very inspiring story in the papers of how a plain citizen, a Mr. Oliver Gerhardt, decided to make up for a momentary lapse in the courtroom... and help the police capture a notorious killer. I'll be back shortly. It's easy to condemn poor Oliver Gearhart... and yet, how many people step fearlessly forward to perform the duties of citizenship in the face of danger. How easy it is to look the other way, and how many millions have done it, and still do it. For it is said, we turn away from our fellow man because too often, when we look at his face, we see our own. Our cast included Lou Jacoby, Joan Loring, Bryna Rayburn, Robert Maxwell, and Leon Janney.